Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. If you only knew what God thought of you, not what you think he thinks of you, but what he thinks of you. If you only knew what he did to redeem you, because every day we do life through filters, every day we do life through, we, we, we all do life based on upbringing, education, experience, and insecurities. That's how we do life. But there's a better way to do life. There's the God way. And I love what Ryan saw. The, 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 the plans and purposes that God have for aren't to limit us. There is nothing about the nature of God that wants to limit you in life. In fact, as a child of God, a son or daughter of God, your life is limitless. Possibilities are endless. There is nothing you cannot do, be, or achieve in life because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And Philippians 2 and 9 says, because he was obedient, even unto death, God raised him up and has given him a name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. When we, when we apply the word of God, when we apply the name of Jesus to, to our plans and purposes, there is nothing we can't do. So if you take nothing away from this morning, your life is limitless in Christ. Stop believing the lies of your past. Stop believing the labels that have been placed on you. Just take, just take that backpack off. You're no good. You're unworthy. You'll never achieve anything. You can't. Just take the backpack off. Just, just let the sludge slide. It's, it's, I don't know why I'm even going here, but I, I remember I prayed for a lady in, in Tasmania. I'm not being I'm going to say something and I'm not being rude. I need to preface this. She was 160 kilos and she stunk. She, I'm, I'm, again, I'm not being rude. This is fact. I'm going back to Tasmania in a few weeks, so I'm going to go and see her again. I'm, I'm going to tell her I'm not being rude if she listens to the podcast. But anyway, she was 160 kilos. She had a condition where her body was rejecting her skin. If she went in sunlight, she would blister, uh, like, like instantly. If she put her hands into hot water, her skin would drip off her body, like, like literally. It, 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 was, it was insane. Every single night, she had to change her bed sheets three times because she had such fluid buildup in her. It would just come out her leg and come out her shoes. When she'd, if she walked along, liquid was just coming out of her body. And I prayed in a moment, and, and I'm saying this because I've just got sludge. I, I, like, I prayed for her and she got healed instantly. Her seven kids came to church. She had scars everywhere. She was, she was pink. It looked like she was radiation burnt, but it was all the medication she was taking, and that was what was causing the stench. She lost 40 kilos in like five weeks. She went on to lose another 20 or 30 kilos. Whatever. She's well under 100 kilos now. But she, she sent me emails that my skin is like a, a baby's bottom. Like, you know, when you see a baby's while you're kissing their head and you're blowing raspberries on their stomach and cute little bottoms and <laughs> having a little squeeze. She said, I have no scars on my entire body. I have, I've been, but that, let, let go of the sludge. Just let it go. Just let, let God be God this morning in your life. Amen? Just a little thought, just a little thought. If you only knew, Psalm 139, starting in verse 1. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. God knows you. I'm going to continue reading through, but God knows you intimately. God knows you in detail. He knows you. I love what Katie said. We all sin. We all mess up. We've all got sludge. Just let it go. You can't fool God. You can walk in here and fool me. I can walk in here and fool you, but I got a backpack. I got some sludge. I got every single one. Melissa said, I, ca I can't press in for you. 
only you can do. The way we move forward in our faith, the way we move forward in God is to make a choice. Today, I'm taking another step. Today, I'm going to do something different. Today, my commitment level strengthens. Today, I, I, I read my word a bit more. Or today, I work, walk out the word that is already on the inside of me. Because it's really good to read the Bible. It's better to do it, though. It's better to learn from the Bible, find out God's ways, and walk out the better path than it is to just know. I don't want to know what God would have me do in life. I want to do what God has for me to do so I can walk in the blessings that He has for me. You've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down, and you're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. You hem me in. Shall we? Uh, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me, the light will become night around me. Even the darkness will be not dark to you. The night will shine like the day. The darkness is as light to you. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. This is for somebody in this room today. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that goes against everything you've ever been taught, everything that's ever been said about you. I'm going to, if you only knew how much God loves you. And we're going to get to that in a minute. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them ever came to be. Ever ask yourself the question, how did I get here? I didn't think I'd be here. God's not surprised where you're at, but he wants to help you get to where he's destined you to be. So if you're not where you thought you would be, don't give up. Keep walking forward. Keep looking to Jesus because he's going to take you by the hand. He's going to lead you to the promises that he placed in you before you were even born. He knit you together in your mother's womb. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. The plans and purpose, before one day ever came to be, it was already written in the Lamb's book of life. God knows the entirety and from the end to the beginning says it's good and it's working towards your good and you're stronger than you think that you are. You can do more than you think that you can. I want to encourage somebody, stand up again. Let's go again. Don't give up. Don't give in. Let's keep walking in God. His plans and His purposes are amazing. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I awake, I am still with you. I love that. That, that, is, that, is, that is a description of how God knows you. How God wants you to know that he knows you. And, and what I love is he knows every single part of us, from our past to our potential. And we live in one of those two. We live seeking to fulfill the potential, or, we, or we, we live stuck in our past. But God wants to take you from your past to your potential. He doesn't want you looking back to, to what's been and what was and, and what could have been. He wants you to start looking forward to, to what he has for you, if you only knew. 
And as I was, I was reading through Psalm 139, I realized again the power of knowing God present and active in our everyday lives. We have to know and, and ask Him to be actively present every day. And that's why the Bible sends us reminder where it says, draw near to God and He will draw in. Why do I have to be reminded of that? Because I get taken in so many directions and I get taken by so many tangents and the stresses and the pressures and the weights and the fears and the insecurities, the guilt, the things that I carry around in my backpack take me off course and I need to be reminded to come back, to draw near to Him, to position. He never leaves nor forsakes, but I have to reposition myself where I can hear from Him, where I can sense His touch upon my life and where I can be guided by His love. You know, life would be done very differently if we actually did it knowing what God thinks about us. Because I do it from a position of strength, not of insecurity. I, I do it because I'm, I, I, there's a call propelling me forward. There's a hope that's pulling me towards my future, not out of a guilt or shame or fear from the past. God wants to know you. N- not, not through what you do. Because man, we, we say that somebody's worth something because of what they do or what they have, or because of their social circle, or because of what, they're the president of this, or they're the president of that. We, we label and we categorize people based on certain things, but God doesn't do that. But I often do my life out of what other people have said. And then I don't achieve what God wants me to achieve, and I wonder why. Did He leave me in the middle? Did He withdraw the promise from me? No, it's I'm walking, looking through a different filter. And I, I gotta tell you, we live in a time where religion to a large extent, has replaced relationship. And religion says you're not good enough and you'll never achieve and you'll never be and you can't amount to anything in God's eyes unless you do certain things. That's what religion says. But relationship says come in closer. I'm your father. I want to show you. I want to show you how much Nutella to put on your pancakes. I want to show you how... And it was a perfect example because yesterday I was coming out of Coles and this little boy went to run onto the road and his dad just grabbed his arm and it hurt the boy. But as he did, a, a car went straight past. He would have got hit by a car doing about 30K an hour. And the boy started to cry and his dad said, I didn't do that to hurt you. I did that to help you. Sometimes it hurts, the things that limit us, that hold us back, that, that restrain us. But what would hurt far more? Getting hit by the car or being stopped and taught a lesson. I want to learn the lessons that I, I want to know. I, I, I truly want to know. And I don't want to know what I think God thinks of me. I want to know what God thinks of me. Because do you realize this? There's people that all over the planet today that will go to church that will think that God's mad at them. Think that God doesn't want them to achieve in life. That doesn't want them to, it couldn't be further from the truth. But that's what religion does. But we need to get free in relationship. Let's not get religious in our expression of faith. Let's get relational with God. It says in 1 John 4, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because love, God is love. This is how God showed His love amongst us. He sent the one and only Son into the world that we may live through Him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent us His Son as an atoning sacrifice for sin. Dear friends, God since God so loved us, we also love to, ought to love one another. Whilst you had your backpack, He loved you. Whilst the sludge was flowing, He loved you. Right now, sitting in your puddle of sludge, He loves you. We're all in the same boat. We all fall in the same category. 
Some of us have got distinguishing sludge. Others have hidden sludge. doesn't matter where your sludge is. We all have, but God says, I want to take from you. I want to release you from. I want to set you so that you can live unlimited in me. The first thing this morning, I just want you to, I just want you to know how valuable you are to God. And a simple definition of, of what value is, is uh, value is defined by the price somebody is willing to pay for something at the end of the day. Value is defined as the price somebody is willing to pay for something. And you go, well, no, it's not. Well, I've got a million-dollar car down in the car park if you'd like to buy it off me. Because it's, no, I know I don't have a million-dollar car. What I'm saying is my car is worth what somebody will pay for my car. So it's probably going to be about $8,000. Somebody's going, I'll give you $8,000 for that. It's not, I can think it's worth a million, but, but that's what defines value. You see, and so we have to look at, well, well, how does God see me? What's the price that was paid for me? What, see, my value isn't determined by what I do. It doesn't matter if you're a janitor or a president. If you're doing what God's called you to do in life, if you're walking in your lane, if you're running your race, the, the, the value is not determined by the position, but by the possession. Because we need to know whose we are, who's possessing your life, who, is, who paid for your life, who purchased at great price you, because that determines your value. I remember we were selling a house once in Avalon and we had a, a friend who was in real estate at the time and he said, just sign up with me exclusively. I'll get you this amount of money. And for us at the time, it was a great amount of money. Just really, I can get you that amount of money. But he wanted us to sign exclusively. And then he proceeded after I signed exclusively to bring us offers that were $300,000 less than what he told us he could get. I'm like, hang on, hang on, hang on. You told me it was worth this. But really, it was, what worth, it was worth what somebody was going to pay for it, not what somebody had told me it was worth. See, so often we're trying to live up to a, a, a price tag. We're trying to live up to a standard or a level that God says, hang on, I've called you to live here, consistent and faith-filled. Don't feel like a failure because you're not here, because I want you here. We all have our own ra race to run. And I just, I just made him work for his money. I said, don't, don't bring me another offer until you're close to the mark you first gave me. And he goes, oh, I couldn't do it. And I said, but that's what you told me. In the end, we wrote it out for three months and got that figure. However, he had to work for his money. We have to see, like I was saying before, how society labels, how society assigns value. And again, like I was saying, it, it's generally by what does a person have? What does a person do? What's their circle of friends? What is, you know, and, and I, I'm sure we all do it. Oh, who's that person? They drive that car. They live in that house. They have that job. They must be this. But I've known plenty of millionaires that hated their life, taken their life, and I've, play, uh, I've known many, many, many people whose society would say they're poor, they have nothing, but are happy, full of peace, full of joy give more than anybody I know, and, and I don't mean just financially, I mean of themselves, of joy, of love, of acceptance, of forgiveness, of, I, I, it, it's never about our bank balance, it's never about societal status, it's always about knowing whose you are. God determines value by what he was willing to pay for us, and he was willing to lay down the very best for our very worst. Your value today as you sit here was set by God because he knew you before you were born. He knew the days of your life before one ever took place. And then he said, I've lost my prized possession. I have to get it back. I've lost connection with the very thing that I love the most. I want to get it back. 
So he sent what nobody else could. And I know you've all read the scripture before, but I'm going to read it again now. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. For God so loved the world. For God so loves you. For God is so interested in you. For God so wants to work through the storm that you're going through. For God so wants to work through the challenge that you're faced by. God wants to be with you. He wants to, to walk closely with you. And think about this for a second. It says he said his only son. And so often we go, well, he sent his son, Jesus, now I have eternal life. But think about the price paid for your eternal life. Think about the sacrifice given for your eternal life. And it's, it's, it's really easy to skip over Oh, well, he went to the cross, he died. He this was the most brutal of, of deaths that you could have, the most hardened criminals at the time would experience. This is Jesus, Savior of the world, going to, a, to, to, you, to death for you for something he didn't do. And it was brutal and it was elongated. And it was excruciating. And he paid a price for you, which determines your value today. I just, I just want to shift our thinking. I want to shift the filter we look through. Because tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to look through the filter of past experience, past label, past upbringing, whatever it is. But I want you to look through the filter of Jesus Christ laid down his life for me. It doesn't matter what's happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened 20 years ago. I can be free. I know people that are still bound by things that happened 25 years ago. Why don't we just get free to accept I'm all right. God likes me. God's for me. He's got plans and purposes for my future. Amen. Come on. See, here's the thing. God gave his one and only son. I got three. Noah, Ella, and Zachary. If I gave one, I've still got pretty good odds. I've still got two-thirds left. I'm not giving any. God gave his one and only son. He was willing to bankrupt heaven for you and I. That's the value you hold in God's eyes. Um, now I'm repeating myself. I, I want to keep repeating myself. This is the message of the gospel. A life was given. A price was paid so that you could live free. Don't be bound any longer. Don't be bound emotionally. Don't be ruled and governed by your emotions. Feelings are awesome when feelings are awesome. <laughs> but when they're not, what am I going to let my life... I'm, I'm, I'm not going down the rabbit warren. I'm not going through the twists and turns based on my emotions. I'm going to live by truth. The truth is when I feel bad, God is for me. When I feel God, He is for me. He, he's leading me into triumph. He's leading me into victory. When I feel good, when I feel bad, when I need a double hip replacement, when I need a, a wrist reconstruction, God is still with me. He's still for me. He's still guiding me into the future that He has for me. Amen? Come on, let's put our hands together this morning. So my value has never come from what I've done. My value has always come from the one that created me. I don't know about you, I, I, I'll just make this personal for a minute, but I've been told that pastoring is not a real job. You should get, why don't you get a real job? Well, I've had real jobs, and real jobs don't help people like pastoring does. Real job mate, created a wage for me, but it never, you know, God, God creates, it doesn't matter what you do in life, and don't find your value or your worth based on somebody else's perception, because they were quite ignorant, and they were quite arrogant, and life's not working out too well for them right now, but that's another story for another day but if I take on board what other people say about what I do I'll never do it to the full extent or potential that God has played I've got my race to run and I want you to take that to heart this morning one of the worst things we can do as a Christian is compare ourselves to someone else 
One of the worst things we can do as a human being is compare ourselves to someone else. You have your race to run. And if you try and race, run my race, you might have a level of success in it. But ultimately, you won't reach the potential that I can reach in my race. Conversely, I can't run your race and succeed like God wants you to succeed. Run your race. Do what you do. Do what God has called, because there is an anointing upon your life to fulfill what God has placed on the inside of you before the beginning of time, before one day was written in the book of life, before the seed of life was put on the inside of your mind. There was, there was God-ordained moments for you to have in life. The people I encounter, you won't encounter. The people you encounter, I won't. Let's make a difference with the life that we have, not looking on. It's, it's good to be inspired by others. Be inspired by other people's lives, other people's achievement, but don't begrudge what somebody else has. Their, their house is bigger, their car is better, they go on more holidays. Like, like let's not look on it. That's their race to run. Run your race. Contentment and fulfillment will always be found in staying in your lane. And, and I got to tell you that it's, it's a big lesson to learn. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hard lesson to learn. It can take many years. And the saddest thing is seeing somebody in their 50s that should have learned in their 30s to stay in their lane. Because you twist and turn and you meander and you go through heartbreak and you, your backpack just keeps getting filled heavier and heavier. I just want to do life light. I want to do life free, enabled to walk forward in life. How does God seize you? If you only knew how God saw you. And have you ever stopped to actually, how does God see me? Because most of you will say, well, back in 1987 when I did this, when I stole that milky bar from the news agency, God must see me through that. Or when I crashed that car and didn't leave a note. Or when I, I haven't done these things, by the way. The milky bar, maybe the car, not. I would always leave a note. <laughs> One digit less. Um, but have you ever asked yourself, how does God see me? Because I just want to, you know, put it out there this morning that God sees you through Jesus. He doesn't actually see you as you see you when you look at it. He sees you through his son, Jesus Christ. He sees you through the, the price he was willing to pay. Ephesians 2.10 says, and, and, and listen to this for a second, we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Do you want to know how, how God sees you today? He sees you as a masterpiece. And if we're true to self, not many of us would see ourselves as a masterpiece. But today, as you sit where you are, God sees you as his masterpiece. So who are you to question what God sees? Who are you to downplay the value of your life? God wants you to rise to reflect the masterpiece that he's created, not live down to what somebody else who never created you, that never had a say in, in, in your life, but even exist in. You see, God created you in your mother's womb. I don't know why it's gone so heavy and, and I'm going down. I'm like, <laughs> you are God's masterpiece, regardless of your past. And here's the deal. The enemy wants you to do life looking through the, the rear view mirror. God wants you to look through the, the windshield. But the enemy wants to remind you of things from the past. But, but if, if you drive looking through the rearview mirror, can you just text me before you start driving? Because I'm going to stay off the road. You're going to hit someone or something. The rearview mirror is only in there just so we can see how far we've come. 
it's not there to look through. It's not there to drive through. We're, we're meant to do life looking forward through the windshield of faith, looking through the eyes of Christ. So, God, what does your word say about me? Where are you drawing me? Where are you taking? I, in, do life through the windshield, not the rearview mirror. If you look through the windshield, you can't see the blue and red flashing lights anyway. But just <laughs> Colossians 1, 22. Is this helping anybody this morning? I want to just shift something. I feel like, like God wants to, to liberate you this morning relationally, not hold you bound in religion. It says this, Colossians 1, 21. This includes you who were once far from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Jesus Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. That's crazy. That's, that's the description of the Bible for you. You are holy and blameless without a single fault. If you're without a single fault, just raise your hand this morning. That's how, that's how we see it. That's what the Bible says though. That's how God sees you. God sees you as blameless and holy and without a single fault. Again, who am I to question what God sees? Who am I to question what God says? Because this is, it says the word of God is inspired. It's God breathed. It's everything he wants to teach us and to guide us through life. And I know my life. So I know my life is not holy and blameless and without a single fault. But God, that's the only way he sees me. So I'm to live righteous out of that fact. The Bible says I'm made righteous by my faith in Christ, Romans. So, so it's not my righteousness that connects me to God. It's my faith in a God of righteousness that, that has me reflect what God sees of me. And what this actually means is that God sees me as faultless, as having never sinned, as fulfilling all of the law. He also sees me as justified, as righteous, that there's no condemnation, that I'm pure, I'm forgiven, I'm seated with Christ, I'm set free, I'm complete, I'm a new person, and that I'm his son or daughter. That's how God sees you. Why don't you live out of that? I don't know if you've ever seen movies with royalty in it where the son or daughter of the king goes to somewhere, they just walk around like my dad owns everything. My dad's in, well, we serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We, we are royalty by birth. We are royalty by choice. When I stepped into Christ, I became a new creation. I stepped into royalty. There's nothing, you, you can walk around, chef puffed out, head held high. You are the sons and daughters of the king of kings and Lord of lords. I want you to see yourself like that when you go to your place of work, when you go down to the, the supermarket, when you, whatever it is that you do, you're royalty. And royalty holds themselves a certain way. That's how we're called to live. Amen? Our, our joy in life should never be based on how we feel. It has to be based on whose we are. Don't let your joy be based on how you feel on any given day. Like I said, feelings are, are good slaves but bad masters. Don't let them lead you around in life. Or oh God, I'm feeling down today, so this is how I act and this is how... No, no, no. You're royalty. Paid and purchased with a price. Because the thing is this, if I did what my feelings told me, I wouldn't be preaching this morning. You, you wouldn't be sitting there if you did what your feelings told you. There's a lot that aren't. I, you know what? There's a lot of things I would have done in life based on my feelings that would have got me in trouble, but I didn't do them because I lived by conviction knowing whose I was. 
I want to pray for us this morning. And I, I, I just want to encourage each of us to choose to accept how God sees us. To, to let go of, to lay down. I feel like this morning's just been prophetic from every single person that's got up this morning. Let's, let's lay down our backpacks today. Because there's weights, pressures, stresses, fears, insecurity, guilts that you're carrying right now that are not part of your future in God. He can't even see them. You're the only one limited and held back by them. You are the only one that has the ability to limit your future. So let's, let's just cut those strings today. You, you know, a hot air balloon flies when the strings are cut, when the weights are released. God wants you to fly. And Isaiah says, when we wait upon Him, we receive wings as eagles. We can run and not grow weary. We can walk and will not faint. That we, we soar above life and circumstance on the thermals of God's goodness. Why don't we stand to our feet this morning? I just want to pray for each and every person here today. It's not a profound message. It's not a, God loves you. And if you only knew the extent of God's love. I want you to forgive yourself today. I want you to release yourself today. The Bible tells us as far as the east is from the west, God remembers not the former things. He says the scarlet, the crimson, He turns as white as snow. So if you've made any mistakes in life, you're in good company this morning. If you've messed up, you're in good company. If you've been wronged, we're all here together. If you faced injustice, so have others. I want to encourage you. Lay the backpack down. Cut the strings of weight and anguish and start to soar in God this morning. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.